Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. And welcome to this week's episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm your host, Lee Gillis. I'm Gordon Henderson. I'm James Smell. So I think this is maybe a first. Is this the, the first of you guys meeting? No, we were on we were on one together a while ago. Yeah, I can't remember what ago. game. Yeah. That's fine. Is 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 becoming apparent that Doug and Michael just can't be bothered anymore. I think Michael's more interested in his soccer these days, but you want to know what? To hell with them because they missed an absolute perler of a game today. But I'm not going to make the same mistake that I've made in previous weeks. Before we go into this week's show, let's have a word from this week's sponsor. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Today's podcast is brought to you by John W. Gilbertson Limited, a small, friendly, family firm of solicitors based in Glenrothes, who specialise in buying and selling residential property, wills, powers of attorney and executory work. On your team, on your side, supporting you all the way to achieve your goals. Well... It is a football show after all. Thanks, as always, to the Ace Five Community Football Club and also to John W. Gilbertson in Glenothis for their continued support. I seem to have developed a cough today, um, so let's hope that that's nothing too serious. Um, but it could easily be because my voice is so hoarse for shouting, and not just today at the game, but from around, say... Nine o'clock last night, when a mysterious link appeared on the East Fife Twitter page and the return of the prodigal son and Ryan Wallace. Gordon, I mean, let's be honest, there's not going to be many people more excited slash aroused than I was at the, the news of that. But what was your, your take on that? Just an unbelievable bit of good news. It's just exactly what we needed, you know. Um, not just not just getting Ryan back, but imagine it sort of coming out of the blue like that and him just popping up, starting the game today. I feel like it's just the kind of just the kind of wee boost everyone needed. I'm sure you know, I, I just you know, I felt so good having him back, so confident, you know, it's, it's going to make such a difference. Uh, I'm sure everyone would have had that. I'm sure the players would have had that. And yeah, you've seen the difference. Fantastic performance from him today. It's just great to have him back. James, how are you buoyed by the news? Um, I didn't see it till this morning. Um, and then was, yeah, massively positive, but also concerned that after not having played for so much, such a wee while, 
I was like, is he going to come back fit? Is he ready to go and everything? And he absolutely was at the races today. Really good, really good news. I, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but on our um, Twitter feed, I've just uh, terribly photoshopped his picture on uh, the body of Jordan Belfort from the Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> um, and captured it. I'm not fucking leaving. Um, <laughs> um, to be honest, I was absolutely delighted when I heard that news. Um, really, really pleased. There'd been murmurs and whispers, obviously, through the week, but obviously you don't <coughs> you don't really want to take note of that because you're kind of apprehensive that, you know, it's, it's nonsense, but what a... What a performance he put in today. And like you, James, I was maybe a bit concerned that he was maybe going to put on a wee bit of extra weight or, you know, he's been spending all his weekends playing golf or whatever. And he's, he's not been keeping himself fit, but he definitely looked like he'd been keeping himself ticking over. And look, let's just get into it now. Um, I've, I've captioned this part of the show as what a performance and what a result. Um, I don't think that there's a single person on the planet um, that, that predicted us to win today. In fact, I watched a view from the terrace last night um, who Craig Telford had had us down as his bankers to lose. So a resounding, resounding get it right up to you, Craig Telford. Um, did anybody happen to catch the Stenhouse Muir score today? They won, or Stenny won 2-0, I think. Oh, so a Bad good result for Cowden. Oh, how unfortunate. But yeah, let's... It was a, a great result for us today, and in particular the first half performance. I genuinely think that that's the best first half, or in fact, today's performance as a whole was the best that we've played in at least a year. At least a year. Um, I thought that we, we defended, particularly the first half, really, really well. I mean, you look through their, their squad, and they've got some top, top, top players, obviously, like Rony McAllister, Vigors, Shea Logan, Fraser Fivey. I mean, their midfield would, could easily be a bottom half SPL midfield in terms of Fivey um, and Vigors. You know, those guys particularly could probably walk into like a, a Ross County or a Dundee even, um, maybe minus Charlie Adam, but um, definitely... Was very surprised to see um, how well that we we coped with their midfield, and the the, the person that whose name I've highlighted in in terms of giving credit for that James is is Liam Newton. I thought he was an absolute nuisance today, and, and do you want to know what we've probably criticised Liam a wee bit in terms of looking like a wee boy in a man's game at times, but he really stepped up to the plate today against a lot more experienced players than himself, and was excellent. Yeah, um, I, I absolutely reiterate that. I think he was absolutely spot on. Stepped up, stood up against some. I mean, let's be honest today as well. I thought Cove were pretty dirty at times. There was a lot of sly kicks, a lot of shoves, a lot of elbows. And you're like, and I think as the game went on, it happened more. And actually, quite a few of our players, instead of being intimidated by that, they seemed to thrive on it and get amongst them. And I, yeah, um, but Liam, yeah, in particular, he got amongst it. He was all really getting amongst the game. I was really impressed. Gordon, I don't know about you, but Fraser Fivey will genuinely be checking his back pocket um, tonight um, because I think he'll be thinking, you know, Newton is going to be coming out for the toilet and thinking <laughs> Newton's going to be creeping up on him because he was literally in the face the entire game. The, the, the poor guy's legs tonight must be absolutely aching. Yeah, I've just, I just like wrote a wee note and it was like Newton neutralised Fivey. Um, 
So obviously Newton was kind of coming, he was coming forward quite a lot to sort of press. Um, mm-hmm. And my first thought when I kind of seen that was happening was when we've played them before, you see like 5A comes kind of deep to get the ball and then it just kind of dictates everything. I was like, I wonder if what, you know, the job Liam's had today is to kind of push into that space. And you've seen it at times, like, because I was watching 5A for a bit afterwards and he comes right back. He almost, at times, he comes right back to just in front of the centre halves to pick the ball up and that's how Cove get going. So we've obviously seen that's what happens and it's been Liam's job to just basically disrupt that today and he was brilliant at it. 5A had by far the quietest game I've seen him play against us. Not, not just 5 I mean, Rory McAllister didn't really get a sniff. Meganson? Yep. You know, apart from his, a few of his token uh, hammer throws from 40 yards, didn't really trouble us. Shane Logan couldn't really get pressed up the park. I thought Pat Slattery in the first half was excellent. Like, honestly, excellent. That was that, brilliant. That, yep. Pat's first half performance against Shea Logan is his best in an East Fife shot, and I genuinely stand by that. He really, really, really kept him quiet. And Logan is a top, top, top player at this level anyway. Um, and to do the job that he did against him, you know, you, you definitely can't take away from him. And the, the other thing that I'm going to shout out is, is Darren Young in terms of the way that he set the team up today was absolutely bang on. You know, we, we've all been critical of Darren, apart from James. I think James is the, the last remaining man on the, the, the Darren Young Appreciation Society in terms of glory days of gold. But, I mean, I think that he he got it absolutely bang on, James. Yeah, I mean, I've in the past few weeks, like everybody questioned Darren and what's been going on and things. Um, but, yeah, today... I think over the last few games, I've watched the defence get more and more stable and structured and so forth. They're obviously working on it, and it's obviously being dictated by him. But um, I think his setup and everything, you could see the guys were ready for it. They'd obviously done their homework. We've highlighted five. Like you said, to keep Meganson quiet, to do that throughout this game, at this in this league, is impressive. It, it, very few teams in this league will do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, you've got to give him plaudits. We've ripped him for the past few weeks. Equally, when he gets things right, I think we've got to put our hands up and Absolutely. say, yeah, fair play, Darren. Yeah. Gordon, one of the things that really impressed me today, again, in terms of the management team, is did you notice how often the players were communicating, particularly Scott Mercer, Ryan Wallace, constantly coming over, speaking to Stevie Frail, speaking to Darren Young, just taking that little bit of advice. And it's what we've been asking for for so long, just that little bit of communication. And, you know, that, again, we've said it previously, these players are playing for Darren. You know, they really are behind him. They've not thrown the towel in, and that was a massive, massive three points for us. But look, I think what we need to do now is we need to come to the goal. Um, And the other, uh, how I've framed this section is literally... Aaron Steele, then one of those little right, uh, oh, good catch there, Gordon. Just caught a fly live on air. We should have <laughs> recorded that, put that on our YouTube channel. But literally, we've put, I've put Aaron Steele, one of those little right arrows, and then put Paolo Maldini next to it. Um, I genuinely think that um, he has been phenomenal the last few weeks. Um, and I know we've said it pretty much every week since, but he is my first name, well, maybe second after now that Ryan Wallace is back, but he's literally the, the first name in the team sheet for me. He, he plays like he's played at this level for years, Gordon. Yeah, I think, you know, like you say, the last couple of weeks, um, you know, we've just been praising him 
pretty much constantly. He was brilliant again today. You know, he, he took his goal. Um, and you're absolutely right. He looks like he looks like someone that's been playing League One for ten years. Just you know, absolute solid, dependable, reliable. You know, I can't think of can't think of a time when I thought oh, he made a mistake today or he did something he didn't need to do. He's just um, I think it's like he does the simple things right. He just you know he's a good defender. Um, and he just he just does the simple things. He's, he's very very good. Let's talk about the goal, James. And there's a few of them for us to talk about today, which is absolutely beautiful to say out loud. Um, genuinely fighting the chubby um, since I got home, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but the the way that the the, the front two made a nuisance of themselves, the ball then gets put out for the corner, and when it went in, and we scored from a corner for the first time, and I couldn't tell you how long. I mean, how high Steel got up to to get that header was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it uh, just he seemed to tower above everybody else, and there was that. I think, like you, everyone in the stand, there's a pregnant pause where it's we finally scored from a corner, and um, yeah, just that, and as well, a sort of bit of relief. It was like this is really positive, really. Uh, I don't know how to get it over. Just that instant relief, and then going forward from there, it was just set a platform for the rest of the game. I thought. Yeah, so it, actually, it actually came right after we missed a really good chance because mm-hmm. Wallace played a beautiful through ball into Connell, Connell. and he, he kind of took it a little bit, um, maybe took it a little bit far, the keeper saved it, so you're a bit like, oh, that was a great chance, we've missed a great chance. 30 seconds later, we scored for the corner, it was like yeah. brilliant to get that goal at that point. I mean, let's in fact, let's touch on a single player's performance before we go any further and discuss the second goal. Kyle Connor, wow. Um, wow. You know, we, we could literally run out of superlatives for the, 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 to describe the team today and I'll probably use the word brilliant, incredible several times and I'll apologise in advance for that. But Connor today, it just looked like that cutting edge that we've desperately missed and that's no slight on Kev Smith. We'll see a bond suit doesn't come into the conversation. Um, but you know, what a difference having Kylan today. He was quick, he was just everywhere. You know, the, the runs, the movement, the little flicks, the touches. Gordon, I mean, you know, how good does it uh, feel to be praising a, a striker's performance? Yeah, it's just it's just that thing. You look at his performance today and just everything was good. Um, you know, I thought he linked up really well. Him and him and Wallace seemed to have a I mean, I'm sure that's the first time they've played together. Looked like they've been playing t- together for ages. Um, it was clinical. You know, his goal, I mean, his first goal was just an oh. utter peach of a shot. I mean, his second goal, you know, and it's like, you know, he scored a goal like that. His second goal was like a, you know, a proper striker's goal. He just like, he just, you know, he saw where the ball was going to be and he made sure he got there first. Brilliant. Um, he could have had a hat-trick in the first half today. He said, I mean, he was, I mean, he put a lot of running in. He's, He's kind of deceptively quick, I was thinking. Yeah. I think that's the first time I've seen him. And there was a few times where he's maybe, you know, he was getting into a, a sort of a race with a defender. And I thought to myself, oh, he's not going to win that. He's not going to get that. But he is, he is quite quick. He put himself out a lot. Just fun. Yeah, we're going to say this about so many players today. But yeah, fantastic performance from Connell. By the way, the three-two-one is going to be an absolute bastard, oh. but for the opposite reason for a change, and I'm really looking forward to getting to that because I think that probably every one of us are going to have different ones. But James, 
let's talk about the goal. I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, um, for any that saw me at a game, thanks to everybody that said hello, um, I took my best mate's wee boy. Um, the first game he ever went to was last Saturday, Scotland versus Israel. What a, what a first game to go to, right? What a first game to go to. And his dad was, and his mum were telling me he's really got the bug. He's playing in goals for the Glens junior team and stuff. And I'd said to him a couple of times, look, if you ever want to go down to East Fife, I'll take you. And he was like, oh. Um, but when he'd been to the Scotland game um, and I'd said to his mum, he was like, no, he'd actually really like to go. So I picked him up and I was like, look, pal, I don't really know how to break this to you, but we are shy eh? um, that, <laughs> that first game you went to last week is going to be nothing like that. Don't expect that level of excitement. You know, it's, it's not going to be like that. The atmosphere won't be as good. But you want to know what? That's what supporting your local team is all about. It's about being disappointed regularly. And you'll learn to love it. So we get through the turnstile of the day. First goal goes in and he's absolutely over the moon. The second goal goes in. Oh, I had to say to him, I was like, look, but I've been coming here for years and I can't remember a goal as good as that for a long time. James, in your, your time supporting these five, have you seen a better goal than that? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's three different people around me all used the term worldy and I think that's overused, but that is justified for that goal. That was exceptional. And just to reiterate the point, I think Kyle Connell, the confidence he had today and just playing off, whether it was Ryan Wallace, the amount of time and space he was being bought by him, um, the runs that were being, balls that were being put through to him by Liam Watt and stuff, it, he was just, he was all over the place. And when he came off, he looked like he'd given everything. But, and I, I like about him is he's a bit of a terrier and a bit of a menace because he came off and then he was kicking balls away to try and waste time and things, which I just yes. thought... Yeah, absolute shithousery. Um, but at that stage, you're like, good for you, mate. And, you know, you tried every trick in the book. Um, but he had an exceptional performance today. Um, he was superb. Do you want to know what but, is, it showed today? Like, we all know that we all love Kevin Smith on this show. But what I did love was the sort of, I think I'm going to use a dugism here. And it was just a wee nyaf. And the same as Ryan. You know, they just know how to rub defenders up the wrong way. And both of them were excellent at doing it. Like, I was loving the fact that, you know, you could literally pretty much hear Kyle and, uh, what's the boy's name? He's, it's just escaped me. Scully's ear. But the other thing is, having Ryan Wallace back, you constantly hear him talking to players through the game. And it just made the difference. I mean, Connell's goal, Gordon, like, he hits it and you're like, oh, that's going over. No, it's not. Then it crashes off the bar and goes in. I'm genuinely surprised I didn't slip a disc at how high I jumped. I genuinely thought I was never going to come back up. I threw the wee man into the air. I thought he was going to hit his head off the, the roof of the stadium. But what a goal. Yeah, it's just one of these ones, like you say, he hits it. And, you know, you kind of think to yourself, oh, you know, fair play, he's hitting it for the air. It's just, you know, taking a bit of a chance. You're like, oh, that's going over, that's going over. Oh shit, that's actually, you know, the <laughs> little spot he's got to go for it. He's actually got it in there. And by the time you're up and just looking around, being like, what the fuck was that? You know, it's like yeah. half surprise, half cheering for it. it. It was phenomenal. And, you know, I suppose I was, you know, I was in a position almost right behind him to kind of see it. Um, but I, I can't wait to see that in the, the replay. I'm absolutely buzzing for the East 5 TV highlights. I, I literally can't wait for them to come out. First time in um, a long time. Uh, no, gen generally I have to remove myself on social media and place myself into seven days morning to watch the highlights. But the, um, 
I'm going to use a description of Kel Connell's goal, and I think it's the only one that could genuinely and capture how good it was, and it was an absolute thunder bastard. It really was. Like, it, the, the the pace, the, the, the dip, everything ticks that box, and you think, I'm not going to see a better goal today. And then we get a free kick. Again, great play by Wallace um, and Semple, there, and, and Connell, their link-up was really good. And I'm, I turned into the wee man and goes, see Ryan Wallace, by the way, it's a beautiful free kick. Watch this. And then Mercer hits it. And as soon as he hits it, I went, that's in. And it might even be better than Connell's. And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, this is brilliant. Can I come back next week? I was like, this doesn't happen every week, pal. But all downhill a, from here. Yeah, it's all downhill from here. But what a free kick from, from Scott Mercer. And he's gone close so many times in recent weeks. Um, hitting the bar and you know against Falkirk he hit the post and you know it was great to see the the goal from him today and James again have you seen a better free kick from his five finger time supporting us? Uh, I don't think so and what's reassuring is I've come on before and said when we've watched opposition and you've sat and watched it unfold in front of you and gone oh no they're going to score from here that, so even in the great game I sat and watched and as they set up a free kick you're like I can see what's coming here and then watching that and that is just such a sweet strike and like you say it's it's payback because the number of free kicks where we've hit the post we've hit the bar it's just gone wild um, I put a tweet out uh, a week or so ago where I was like, do you know what? If we're going to be in a relegation battle, we should at least have some fun with it and just shoot from everywhere and just let's have a go. But watching that, you're like, that was an absolute cracker. And he, there's no doubt about the intent there. It was superb. Yeah. I mean, Gordon, I, I can't actually think of any other way to describe that goal. I think James has summed it up beautifully. But I mean the whip, the whip, whip from the family guy sounded like straight there. So cool whip, uh, right in the top corner. It, again, I think it clips the the underside of the bar and goes in. No keeper in the world saving that. And do you want to know what? If there's anybody on the pitch that deserved a goal today, it was definitely Scott Mercer. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Scott. I, I'd, I'd kind of forgotten that that he'd he'd, he'd hit a few free kicks and stuff that were, you know, kind of hit the woodwork and come close and stuff. Like, exactly the same as you. I was looking at it and going like, oh, the goodest big, this is a good one for Ryan Wallace to hit. You know, it's in the kind of territory he might get there. And I seen the two of them standing over it, but I was still like, surely Wallace is going to hit there, hit this. And a wee part of me was like, oh, Mercer's hitting it. Then, you know, <laughs> half, half a second later, like, oh, shit, fair play. That is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was beautiful, you know. Just one of these ones that just, you know, it, it, I mean, it hit with power, but it just like sailed into that top corner. You know, it's one of these. As soon as it left his boot, you're like, aye, and that's yeah. going in. Yeah, poetry in motion. It really was like ev- everything from his run, but it kind of defied the laws of physics and gravity and everything else. Because how did he get it from the position he did? With a whip and the spin into the top left hand corner, if anything for a right footer, you'd be expecting that to go towards the top right hand side. You know, if that was Beckham or you know Messi, Ronaldo, whatever, we'd be watching that free kick on the mm. TV for weeks, for weeks, and yeah. you, know, you really can't ask for any better than that. Because I think, I mean, I have to see it again, but the position, you know, it was maybe like a little bit 
you feel it's maybe a little bit close for a free kick like that? Like you kind of get it yeah. up. It's gonna be hard to get it up and down. Maybe that kind of free kick you want to be a little bit further off and maybe a little bit more to the side. But it was quite central, quite close, and he still managed to get this this dip into the far corner. Very, very good. The, the yeah. other thing with that was the real sweet thing about it was that Cove had dipped about for two or three minutes before with the wall, moving it forward, being told they were told at least three times by the referee to move back. They were properly taking the piss. It wasn't stealing a yard. They were really pushing it. And he wasn't put off, obviously, or intimidated by that at all. And like that strike is just, yeah, superb. You literally couldn't ask for a better first 45 minutes. And like I say, probably the best 45 minutes that we've played in a number of seasons. I go to the uh, the, the bathroom at halftime. I come out, bump into Liam Anderson. And the first thing Liam says to me is, good luck picking the part of the first half in that game. And you want to walk, Liam, you're absolutely right. There's, there's literally nothing really negative we could say. I thought that really, apart from a couple of things, that like Jude Smith made a couple of really good saves. Um, again, looks like he's just growing and growing in confidence every week. Apart also, that, also top points for shithouse today for Jude Smith as well. <laughs> We're doing a 3-2-1 for shithouse and it's going to yeah. be tough between him and Connell. The, the, the time-wasting, the, the, he would take the ball into the site, right into the corner of the box and then yeah. wait for the Cove player. It was like the old yeah. Willie McCulloch style. Oh, that was yeah. good. Oh, sausages! Yeah, you'll not you'll not remember um, William McGulloch James, but a bit of a cult hero at East Fife was one of our goalkeepers. Really, when we sort of were probably the third division or League Two, as it's now known, um, a great keeper. Like, I really wanted probably my all-time favourite keepers at East Fife, but I'm sure he was a butcher of some kind, um, and he actually eventually ended up signing for Stenhouse Muir. And we would stand behind the goals at Stenhouse Muir's ground, and every time we kick the ball, we'd run up and go, "Oh, sausages!" <laughs> and every time we do it, you would just see him laughing. Um, might be one of those you have to be there moments, but still makes people laugh every time. So we kick off, and within minutes, Cove bring one back, and I'm not embarrassed to say that pretty much sure that every East Fife fan went, "Fuck." Like we've clearly just pissed them off. Gordon, the, the goal, I kind of feel like we should have had a foul just before it. Yes. We didn't get yeah, it. Clear, clear um, foul for me, yeah. Clear foul, yeah. Didn't get it. They break up the park, they score. And Pat A goes, please, please no. Because I'd literally just finished saying at halftime to, to Andy English that I really hope that we could just keep it calm and keep it tight for the opening 10 minutes and we do that and it just gives us yeah. that little bit more confidence as the game progresses but lo and behold the, the, the East Fife way comes in and we absolutely shit the bed in the opening 5 minutes <laughs> and, and concede a goal I don't really think there's anything that anybody really could have done to stop that I would maybe need to see it again but a, a well taken goal nonetheless and then Cafu Mercer for the fourth goal. And, you know, for me, you know, we'll come on to it. Mercer again for the second league game in a row, the best player in the park. Um, so many good touches. Cameron composed in possession, wasn't just booting the long ball, was looking for players coming short. He takes the ball down the right-hand side, 
absolutely destroys their left midfielder and their left back, cuts inside, looks up, Connell's coming, steaming in, plays an inch-perfect pass, rattled into the back of the net, James, 4-1 and back on cloud nine again. I was so chuffed with that because, like you, as soon as they scored their first goal, I thought, oh, here we go. This is going to be a horrible afternoon where we're going to lose 4-3 or something horrific like that. Um, but what was really pleasing to see was after they'd scored, like say Chris Higgins, um, him in particular, getting around everyone and saying, look, calm down. You could see him um, doing that sort of hand gesture, pointing to the floor to say, calm down. Let's just get back together, get it sorted. I mean, I think everyone immediately like, yes, we're still in this and we're not just going to lie down to this, which the attitude and the sort of resolution there amongst them was superb. Gordon, I mean, you know, James has just made a great comment there that it was great after we scored that first goal, how every single member of our team, bar Jude Smith, went up to Scott Mercer and went up to Kyle Connell and congratulated them on a great piece of link-up play for that goal. And do you want to know what we, we, we spoke earlier um, in the in the the show's previous that we just didn't show fight. You know, we would accept getting beat if we were having a go. In the last two league games, maybe even three if you count half of the game against Clyde, showed that you want to know what, we're not down. We are not going to just give up the, the, the league without a fight. And we really, really deserved that win today. I think that there's clearly a togetherness in the squad. Um, and that's brilliant as a fantasy. And I, look, if we put performances in like we have against Falkirk and we did <coughs> today against Cove and we still go down, I'll still continue to back down all the way. But as long as those performances don't change, then you've, you've got to think that, you know, we play like that and we'll not go down. Yeah, I think that, that was a big thing for today um, for me and, I mean, completely highlights it. The what happened after the 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 Cove goal. I mean, for some reason, this is in my head. Like some somebody that I'm linked to on LinkedIn keeps interacting with Gary Neville posts. But Gary Neville made this post, and he's like, "Oh, like a big thing about you know, if something goes wrong. It's how do you react right in that minute?" And he, he was going on about how that was a big thing at Man United when he was there. And if you look at that, and we talked about it, when Cove come out after halftime and immediately get one back, and you're like, oh, shit, you know, suddenly it's not looking so comfortable. And you think maybe what the reaction would have been a month ago is to kind of shrink a bit back for that. But it's like, no, nah, within a minute, go back. That's it. So the momentum Cove, you know, Cove had the kind of stuffing knocked out of them at halftime, but it's like they've come back and then they've just been hit again. You know, that, that, that kind of... The effect that has on the kind of momentum in the two teams is massive. And just pick yourself right back up and get one, you know, go go back three goals into, into the lead was absolutely massive. And I think all, all the way through today, you could kind of see it. There was there was a bit more belief about them, a bit more sort of togetherness. Um, and it, it kind of came through. And that was really, really good to see. James, can you put your finger on why you think that may be? I don't know. Maybe it's a belief thing. Um, you spoke about the younger players coming through. We've highlighted Liam Newton. We've spoken about Kyle Connell, Aaron Steele. There's experience there. I don't think anybody has ever said this is a rubbish team. It's been a team that's 
we've had no luck in some of the games. We've not had chances go our way. Um, it's this is going to be a tough league, no matter what we, how well they play. You look at the teams that are there. This was always, always going to be tough. Um, but I think for once today, we got a bit of a rubber green. Everything it was positive. The crowd got behind them. Um, yeah, you can't say it's just one thing. And uh, and I do accept this is just one game. So, I mean, it's a really symbolic game, I think, though, that if you can beat the team that are second in the league, then why can't we go and have a fight with anybody else in the league? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think we've got anything to be afraid of there. No, I, I don't think we've got anything to be afraid of. I am concerned that after that, that as a fan base, we might get carried away. And I'm really keen to sort of let's just try and bring it back down because I could I could feel the three of us going right fuck it we're going to win the league um, but <laughs> that, is, that is one result we're still a long way off getting out of the relegation battle but one thing that we're good at doing as East Fife are going on that wee run where we will write one, two, three, four games really I think we need to win the next three to, to really try and get us out of the sort of quagmire that we're in just now um, Gordon look we'll not go on and, and dissect the, the 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 second goal that we conceded I, I want to talk about a couple of individuals in terms of the performances today then we'll do some 3 to ones and then we'll have a look at some of the, the, the results around the league I want to talk a bit about Jude Smith so Jude Smith did, I think has surprised everybody let's be honest we, we, you could tell that Darren was reluctant to drop Gallagher. And by the way, I think I said very, very early on this season that I didn't think Gallagher was our keeper and I've been proven right. Um, I wasn't expecting Jude Smith to be our keeper and I've been proven wrong. You know, again, a bit like Aaron Steele, for somebody so inexperienced, looks like he's been doing it forever. Yeah, really, really happy with Jude Smith. Like, I mean... I think today, at some point, maybe at half time, because obviously he's been playing well. But I kind of thought to myself, I think it's not just that. Oh, he's actually, you know, you expect nothing. He's actually quite good. I was like, I think he could actually be a player. You know, he's, I don't know what age he's, eighteen, nineteen. It's like no, we could actually have a bit of a player on our hands. I, I think he's looked really good. Um, I say you, I wouldn't blame him for the first goal at all. Um. To be honest, I've kind of wiped wiped the second goal from my memory. I don't really think he was to blame for that either. He's no, that been was very, very that was Vigor's goal. I need to see that again with Smith. This was my point. The second one. I think that he maybe could have got it, and I need to see uh, it again. At, at the time, I went keeper. Keeper maybe should have got there, James. Yeah. Um, I, w- I wouldn't. I, I don't know about the second goal, but what I would say is there was a second half snapshot save he saved. That I think everyone was like, and I, I don't know who made the shot, but how he saved it, I have no idea. I'm almost as excited to see that in the highlights as some of the goals because that kept us in the game. And it's that kind of thing of, yeah, you sat watching it going, how has he done that? How has he pulled that off? So I'll let him off with the second goal if yeah. he's at fault for that because it was two or three times throughout the game where he made superb saves. And I think as well, his confidence just in the last two or three games. It's gone through the roof. And I don't know if it's because the defence in front of them is getting more organised and you can mm-hmm. tell they're communicating more. But I think what was alluded to before, you can see his confidence improving with things like the 
I hate the phrase shithousery, but the kind of things that he's having the confidence to do. And you think he is a relatively young guy and yet he's he's taking the piss out of some of these strikers and things. And sooner or later that'll backfire. But at the minute when it's working, I love it. I absolutely love it. Was, was that was that the, the chance where um, there was a shot from really close and he, he held it? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it could have been so easy. You know, if he'd palmed it out, it could have come straight back to a cold player, but he actually held on to it. And you're like, one, to make the save is good, but to hold on to that ball, most keepers, and we've seen Gallagher doing it, pam it out straight to an opposition player, goal. That, that was really good. That was very, very impressive. I'm going to come on to that because there's a couple of times that Steel today, and look, if, if you're by some divine um, reason listening to our, our show today, Jude, um, there's a couple of times that he, he punched where I felt like I hate seeing a keeper punch a ball, right? I, I just do not like it. In the second half, he did kind of spill one. That's then I think it was maybe even Oladi, Yemo, um, put in dubby side. Um, but what I have been pleased to see today, and you've touched on it a bit, James, was actually getting to see what his shot stopping ability is like because the goals that he's conceded. Really, he couldn't really have done anything about. And in the recent games, if you think back, Clyde Falkirk, we didn't actually have a lot of chances against us to really see what it was like. But what was great to see today is the fact that you want to know what this boy clearly can play and he'll be able to come up um, trumps when we need him to. So definitely a, a top, top performance from Jude. The next player I want to come on to is a bit of a negative one is Liam Watt. He was kind of a surprise inclusion for me when I seen the team today. I was a bit like, oh, him and Ross Dunlop were probably the two. I was a bit like, why are they back in the team? Now, what? Somebody described him to me as the nearly man. And ever since they've said that to me, I can't get it out of my head. He nearly makes the pass. He nearly scores the goal. He nearly takes it past the defender. The, the, you know, there's. I think that there's the base of a player there, but how many times did he give away possession today, Gordon, in key positions? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, we've gone through a lot of players and sort of basically said they were brilliant today, and I think I would kind of agree. I, I definitely wouldn't put what in that that sort of category. I know that he was playing. Um, it's maybe one thing as well that he. he most of the time he's played for us, he's played on the left of a four. Um, so he doesn't, he doesn't really kind of maybe fit in to the, the three five two as much. Um, I agree, it wasn't, it probably wasn't, uh, wasn't his best game, and certainly in in that performance, in that team performance, um, it would kind of probably been near the bottom of it. I don't, I don't kind of think he played too bad. I mean, maybe. Maybe I just didn't notice it, but it didn't stand out to me that I would have said it was a particularly poor performance, but maybe just, you know, on a really good performance, on a really good day, just kind of didn't stand out too positively for me. But um, I don't I don't think, um, I don't think I would say played badly, but maybe I kind of missed some of that. There was a number of standout performances today. So he had an OK performance, and then that sort of against that standard, um, 
it starts to look poorer. Um, I, I don't know with him. Is, is it a confidence thing that there's times where he plays and he takes the ball on and he'll, he'll go for a wee run and then he just seems to stop and you're like, take it on, do something, make the pass, whatever, and then he'll lose the ball. And it's so frustrating because there's ability there. But I absolutely agree um, with the point about a nearly man in that it's just that that final step, that final pass, that final having the comp. Is it a confidence thing? I don't know um, because he's definitely got something. But yeah, frustrating. I look. I, I was. I, I've said that not so much to start a discussion, but it was just to see if anybody was noticing what I'd noticed. And I don't know if it's because the way that that guy described him as the nearly man to me is stuck in my head and it's made me think about it more. But he gives away a lot of possession and it's just something I want to wa- us to watch out for I'm really looking dis- for now yeah we will sorry um, <laughs> I was a bit disappointed not to see Kieran Miller in the squad today um, I mean I don't even think he was on the bench was he? he wasn't no because I, I looked to see if he was on the bench um, and he wasn't there and that surprised me and it made me think that um, that there must be, be a reason for it like maybe he's you know maybe he's done something in training or maybe he's you know there's sometimes players just can't play I I would be surprised if it was a you know like a conscious decision to not even have him on the bench I know you know we're, we're looking a bit healthier on the bench these days but I would still be surprised well looking at the East Fife update yesterday it said Ross Davidson foot Danny Swanson knee and shoot Murdoch hamstring long missed the game along with new signing David Devine who suffered the recurrence of his hamstring injury earlier on the week. Dunsmore is doubtful, having missed last week's match by an ankle injury. There was no mention of Kieran Miller, so obviously, is it maybe something he's picked up in a warm-up before the game, or, you know, has he turned up saying he's not feeling very well, or whatever, but, you know... Could, it, a, could, could be self-isolating still, I mean, that's still a thing, right? You know, yeah, there's, there's every chance, um, but there's been no announcement on that, but again, just want to praise the club, because they have been so much better with the communication in recent weeks, and I really hope that they keep that up, because just getting that level of insight, um, going into a game, knowing what sort of squad that we're going to have, allows us as fans to set up our expectation of how we're going to look. So definitely thanks to the club for that. But look, I want to move on now to our three two ones because I think that this could be a really big discussion point and in spirit of the show, and I think Michael will probably call it shithousery, um, I want to go first because I don't want anybody to copy mine. So <laughs> in reverse order, and... And this is, I actually found uh, found it difficult to pick who I could have gave my one point to because there were so many. Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Ryan Wallace has not made my 3 2 1. Oh. Um, I know, so much controversy. <laughs> um, he was close to getting my one, but I couldn't bring myself to leave any of these players out. So, number one for me was Jude Smith. I think that he made really important saves at a time that we needed him to save them. It was, you know, complete shit house. It was brilliant on the ball. I thought his kicking for large parts, so there was a few dodgy ones, but his kicking was good. You know, I, I just thought it, it was exactly what I want to see from a goalkeeper. And barring any sort of miracle, should now be clearly our number one. I don't think anybody could disagree with that. Number two, Kyle Connell. Again, it's impossible to leave him out. 
it's impossible to leave them out. There's not a single blade of AstroTurf that's going to be at Bayview that has not been touched by Kyle Connell's boots today. He was everywhere. He was a pain in the arse. His two goals were brilliantly taken. And do you want to know what? He just looked like he was... He, he loved his goals. I loved how he ran to the fans when we got the fourth, the fourth one. And he was just like, I have fucking arrived. And you want to know what? Let's keep make sure that we keep him fit and he'll be an excellent addition. I think I've said it before, my, my uh, big boss is a Kelly fan. And when we signed Connell, he texted me saying, I actually gutted you have signed him because I wanted to see him play more for Kelly this year. Um, because of what a top player he thinks he is. And again, you know, his uh, his loss is definitely our gain. And let's make sure that we don't allow any Kilmarnock scouts into the ground to, to track his progress because we definitely don't want to repeat a Jack Hamilton last season, especially when Kilmarnock aren't exactly playing very well just now. But we'll leave that to the side. And look, three points. It has to be Scott Mercer. And if either of you disagree with me, there'll be backhands dished out. This is a guy that at the start of the season, I was very underwhelmed by signing. Um, I was a bit like, why are we signing them when we've got Dunsmore and Murdoch that are going to be, you know, unmovable in that right back position? He looks so much more comfortable there than he does at left back. Although he's played excellently at left back, today he was a different gravy. I mean, how many times today did you think, oh, he's just going to let that usher out the park? He's taken a turn and he's beaten our striker. And then right then we're on the ascendancy and we look like we could make something happen. He's cheeky little one-twos. He, he was just all over the place. And do you want to know what? Like, again, he's it, going to be unmovable from that right-back decision. I don't care if Murdoch um, comes back next week. I don't care if Dunsey's fit. Nobody should move Scott Mercer from that right-back. In fact... The, the, the starting 11 versus Montrose for me should remain unchanged as much as I love Kev Smith. Um, I think that everybody um, should be in the, the same positions for next week. So I'm going to come to you next, James, because what, Gordon? Right. Um, secondingly, um, I'll do the same as yourself. I was on a horns of dilemma between Jude Smith and Ryan Wallace for my, like you, there's about three or four people. I was like, that they definitely deserve some kind of recognition. Um, I went initially with Jude Smith, but I think that Ryan Wallace absolutely deserves some recognition. Just the amount of space, time, everything he created for everyone around him today. Um, and we all know what he's capable of, shots on goal, free kicks, etc., set pieces. But actually, I don't think his work rate for others is recognised enough. So I'll give one to Ryan Wallace. Um, I've got to agree with you with Kyle Connell. Um, his confidence has gone through the roof. His ability is superb. The shithousery piece, I love that. But I just think for a young guy, he's so enthusiastic, so energetic, superb. Um, and yeah, sickeningly, I had down Scott Marsar as man three because his work rate today. Um, like you said, there was a lot of stuff that he could have just, other people you'd look and go, they wouldn't go for that ball or they wouldn't put the effort in. There was a couple of crunchy tackles he went into and you're like, and he came away with it. And there was also a couple of cheeky flicks that he got away with that he thought, fair play. And he, he, throughout the game, he was at the races all day today. So yeah, um, three points to Scott Marston for myself. Gordon, are you going to deviate? It's going to be very similar. Well, in fact, it's going to be identical to James's 3 2 1. Um, I, I, I struggled a lot with it because just because 
I had to be honest, I had the, the three I wanted to give points to, but I still feel like a dick because there's so many players that <laughs> feel like deserve points. Pat Slattery, you know, yeah, Pat Slattery is Jude is Smith. Cheated. Jude Smith, I'll give you a point, Jude, because I thought that you were a catch. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, you, Chris Higgins, you know, yeah. even Connor McManus um, had a decent game today. You, you could literally. Newton. Newton again, poor Liam Newton, who is outstanding. I can't believe he's not made any, 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 any other week. And all these guys are probably getting three points, never mind two or one. Yeah, just in that performance. Um, and the weird thing is, I think amongst that three, I was like, oh, I can't even pick between the three of them. But to be honest, I think when I when, when I decided at first, I was kind of driving back home. I had I had Mercer on one point. And I thought to myself, I was thinking about it. I was like, no, I can't have him on one point. I moved him up to two. But even then, even through the evening, he's moved up to three. Because I was like, <laughs> it's, it's not just the free kick. It's not just, you know, it's not just the attacking stuff. But how, I was starting to remember how good he played, how, how solid he was defensively. Just how, you know, you almost can't fault him on that performance. So I was like, I actually... He's got to have a. He's got to have the three. That means I'm pushing Kyle Connell down to two, that, and that feels yeah. that feels disgraceful. But I had to I do mean, it. Aaron Steele. I mean, I know, yeah. You know, Liam Newton, Pat Slattery. You want to know what? If if any is listening to the show, guys, any of the players, or if you if you've got a relationship with a player, and you or if you're Darren Young, who I know does listen from time to time. Every single one of you walk off with your heads held high at the back of that performance. You know, it's actually sickened me because the whole title reason I created this podcast was meant to be a, a, a support mechanism to the club. You know, initially we did the interviews and when we decided to do the fans own thing, I really wanted it to be something positive, but we've literally had nothing to shout about for so, so long. It's been great to be positive on this show today. And I mean, look, there's still a long way to go. There's still a long way to go, but really, this is what the first game in the new quarter. We'll we'll talk about how the you know the game is played in quarters, and I think even our last show was called Hung Down and Quartered. Um, that's the first three points on the board already. We're only what a point behind what we amassed um, in the whole quarter the second time. So we're on the ascendancy. The question I want to ask before we go into actual predictions versus Montrose is. Do you feel like the, the, the tide can turn for us, Gordon? Yes. Um, you know, there's still, you know, we, we'd kind of talked about this and there's a long there's a long way to go. We are only, you know, before today, we're only nine games in. There's a lot of games left to play. There's a lot of points left to play for. But I left today thinking, you know, if we can play like that, and, you know, maybe not every week, because that, that's unrealistic. But, but even if we can get to that point where, you know, that's the kind of performance, that's the kind of standard we're holding to ourselves at home. Now, I know, you know, away, away form is a whole other thing. But, you know, if we can put in performances like that at home regularly, we'll get away for this. We will. Um, you know, and they've, they've, they've gone out, they've done it today. I don't think it was a flash in the pan. I look at the team now and... You know, the Dumbarton game was kind of the, you know, the low point. Yeah. But, but week on week, we've, we've kind of improved on that. Now, you might say, you know, going, you know, going beating 
getting beat 3-0 Airdrie is not exactly great. That was a bit of an improvement on Dumbarton. The Air, the Clyde game was an improvement on the Airdrie game. We played much better at Falkirk and then we've gone out and played much better today. So, although, you know, we were starting from a pretty sort of dark place, you know, we have been improving. And I look at the team today and think, that's a good team. Um, now, you know, Montrose went out and beat Clyde 5-0 today. So, you know, they're they're going to be on a high as well and they're going to be very tough and we know they're a good team. So maybe we won't go out and get the same kind of result and the same kind of performance next week. But the whole thing is, it's like, well, right, you know, if you do, great. If you don't, brush it off, go on to the next one. We've shown what we can do. If we do that regularly enough, we will catch up with the teams uh, ahead of us. Um, and I don't see any reason why we can't. I want to talk a bit about Stevie Frail. I think that we got excited when he came in. We got a bit pissed off that nothing changed after he did. We're defending a lot better. There's been a lot less mistakes in the last few weeks, James. Are we starting to see the Stevie Frail effect or do you think that it's just our tides finally turning? Probably a combination of the two. Um, any new member of the management team coming in is going to take a bit of time to implement their methods. And solving some of our defensive problems is not something you can change in a couple of training sessions a week. It's going to take time. And as Gordon's just said, our performances have gradually improved. I mean, when you're getting pumped 5-0, things can only get better. But it's sort of gradually... We I've certainly noticed, watching game after game after game, you sit and go, they are getting more organised. They are, And they then watching their frustration about issues... And you can see they realise the mistake they've made, whereas before it was just kind of people putting their hands in the air going, what's going on? Um, is it the Stevie Frail effect? Uh, I, difficult to say. Um, is it him working with Darren better now? I don't know. Um, but something's going on there. I think, like Gordon says, this there are some very good players in this team. We knew that anyway, but... Um, as Michael has said in the past, football's a confidence game. And when you've not got it, things go against you and they keep going against you. And today, I think, was more of a symbolic victory than anything. It was that kind of thing of, we can play. This is a good team in our league and we've played well against them. Um, especially when you look at things like the possession stats and stuff like that. They had more possession than us, more shots, etc., etc. And we still played them off the park. Um, so I, I think it's a, a good platform. The only way is up, <laughs> baby. Yeah, I'll promise not to sing um, for any foreseeable futures. But look, let's take this opportunity to go and to have a quick look at around League One. First of all, we'll bring to you a live league table. Um, so we're recording this on Saturday night. Dance the like the way you move. I've broken my promise already. But anyway, so top of the park, uh, top of the park, top of the league is Queen's Park. Ten games, positive ten goal goal difference and twenty points. Then Cove Rangers in second and uh, with 17. Airdrie joint uh, second on 17. Montrose on 16. Then Falkirk and Dumbarton on 14. Peterhead on 12. Alwan Clyde on 11. And us on a goal difference 
of minus 13 and seven points. So even after scoring four goals today, we're still minus 13, which makes me want to bite the chicken tikka corner that I just had before I came on, but we move. So let's have a quick look at the results around. So I must admit, I got a little bit excited. Um, the first 10 minutes, I get a wee ping through that Aloha went 1-0 up against Peterhead. Pleasing was the words that um, came out of my mouth at that time. Then Peterhead immediately immediately hit back. Well, not immediately, but hit back, bring it to 1-0. Scott Brown scores a penalty to make it 2-1. Uh, then it's 2-2 um, in that game at halftime. And then Peterhead go on to win that 4-2 which is a result that, again, I didn't see coming, but beautiful to see Barry Ferguson feeling miserably, as we all love. Then we see Montrose absolutely scud Clyde 5-0, which is great to see another team on the other side of a 5-0 humping and brings um, Clyde down towards more of our goal difference, which was, again, pleasing. Queen's Park scoring another three goals, Again, you know, they, I think that they will end up being runaway leaders in this league. I think that we've been one of the only teams that have really given them an actual game um, in that first game of the season tussle. Um, and then another um, surprise result are Airdrie 3-0 winners away at Falkirk. I mean, look, let's talk a bit about Falkirk. I mean, what an absolute hell is going on there, Gordon, because they are a massive club. They're a yeah. huge club. They're a Premier League club in terms of their fan base, their stadium, even the players that they've got there. I mean, you expect them to do much better. Um, Sheeran's going in there. The fans are absolutely hating them. Absolutely hating them. And, you know, Airdrie, again, when we played them, I didn't think we were great. I think we made them look better than they are. And they've absolutely scudded the, the, another full-time team in the league. Yeah, it's an embarrassing result for Falkirk. When, you know, when Falkirk came down, I can't. I can't ever remember them being at this level. Maybe probably since we moved to four leagues, they've never been in League Two. Um, you know, they are a big club. You go there, and you know they get they get big crowds. They surely, you know, I, I think Falkirk is a team that kind of maybe sometime in the Premier League, sometime in the Championship, that kind of thing. A lot of their fans, you know, they feel like annoying and pine bovril. They're always kind of doom and gloom. But to be honest, this this season, I think they've got every right to be the sort of grumpy bastards that they are I would be raging if I was a Falkirk fan um, I mean, you know the resources they have um, you know I know it's a bit different now Queen's Park you know they don't have the fans but they've got the money um, but minimum Falkirk should be challenging for the league with Queen's Park yeah. um, and they look like mid-table Dross, to be honest. I mean, I was not impressed. They were, they were very lucky to beat us. Um, they just do not look a good team. I Gordon, thought Sheeran... you, you sat a few rows um, just in front of me at the Falkirk game and we both remarked how poor Falkirk are. Yeah. Well, that um, was the, the poorest I've seen Falkirk since they've come down by quite yeah. some distance. I mean, you look at their team, right? Nesbitt, top player. Telfer, top player. Keenan, top player. Uh, sorry, Keenan, top player. Ruth, top player. You know, how are they not performing better? I mean, but then you look even at their bench, you know, McGuffey is a decent player. Robbie Much can't get in a team. Paul Dixon's got loads of experience and they're doing absolutely nothing. But again, it is great to see um, things not going well for a club that, that spend as much as they do in this league and can't get out of it, James. But, I mean, then we have a look at Airdrie's team today and no Craig Watson. He doesn't make the team. 
No Scott Agnew, he doesn't make the team. Um, so it's um, I think maybe Craig Watson's injured because he wasn't in the um, even on the subs. But one name did pop up in their team sheet today, James, that surprised me it was Thomas Robert. I thought he had left. I was on the I didn't even realise he was still there. I yeah, that was a shocker. I mean, Airdrie, I think, could be the surprise package this year. If you look at the table right now, money's talking, Queen's Park and Clover at the top. Airdrie, um, arguably, is the other surprise result today. Us, including ourselves, I don't think anybody would have put money on us to beat Cove today. Um, but Airdrie going, and not just beating Volker, pumping them 3 nothing. I don't think anybody would even predict that. Um, so, yeah, um, you look at that table, and I go back to Gordon's point about Falkirk, they are bigger in terms of supporter base, in terms of history, everything, than everybody else in that league. And it's like, what are they doing sitting in the middle? And like you've highlighted the players. I'm not going to go over them again, but they should not be sitting where they are. And arguably, Airdrie and Montrose are, Airdrie are overperforming. Montrose, Stuart Petrie has got them well-drilled. They are a well-organised side and they'll give anybody in that league a game. Uh, but yeah, um, Falkirk, there's big problems there. Big problems. So I'm going to bring you... Lee's Mick bookie section and I'm going to ask you who do you think is going to be the next manager to be sacked in the league? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Sheeran. <laughs> um, no, well, I'm thinking my first thoughts were Sheeran and Ferguson but they're two guys that were just being brought in at the start of the season so you think boards are going to be reluctant not just reluctant to bin a guy after 10 games, but reluctant to basically say, ah, we got that one wrong. Um, you know, I don't think... Clyde are not going to get rid of Danny Lennon. I no. don't think. I think they could go down and they still wouldn't necessarily sack him. Jim mccanally has been at Peter Red for about 200 years, so I don't think he's going to get sacked. Um, you know, Farrell, he'll not be going anywhere at Dumbarton. And then, you know, you've got the teams in the top four and then you've got Falkirk, Aloha and us. Um, you know, I think we've had a bad patch. We've stood by Darren Young. We've had a great result today. Hopefully, if that if that improvement continues, you would you would you know you would hope that we'll improve, and that's going to be a question mark that goes away. But you've got Aloha and Falkirk. I'd, I mean, I don't think Sheeran can can last unless Falkirk improve pretty significantly. They'll have to get rid of him. James? I'm going to say, partly wishing, um, I'm going to say Ferguson. Because, firstly, because of his antics recently, the big bust-up with the supporter and all that embarrassment. That was, that was honestly... That, <laughs> I, that, I genuinely pay a Pornhub subscription to watch that on a regular basis. <laughs> Mary Ferguson takes pumping from own fan base. Um, and you want to know what? Nobody deserves it any more than that little prick. But anyway, um, yeah. Not just not just that, though. Um, Alwa within recent years, have obviously been in the championship. I think for them, dropping down again um, would be very, very difficult to swallow. You look around the other teams in the bottom half, and I include ourselves in this, and you sit and go, do you know what? Could we survive going down and realistically come back up? Yes, we could. And we'd, we've all thought about that over the past few weeks, results and things. But Aloha, they've come down recently in the past couple of years, and they, they don't want to be sitting down here. Um, and I appreciate that big clubs come down and so forth. But, um, yeah, with his behaviour and what their aspirations are, 
I don't think um, he can last much longer um, if he carries on like this. But yeah, it's an interesting one. And Sheeran, I absolutely take the point at Falkirk. Um, they should not be where they are right now. Um, they are too big to be where they are. Couldn't agree more. So before we, uh, well, in fact, not before, now we'll move on to our predictions for next week. This is where I urge you not to get carried away. It's a tough one because you know you come out you come out of today and go oh we've beat Cove four two like brilliant this is it we're we're looking good uh, I I'd, I'd, I didn't even I didn't even remember we were away at Montrose until later on you know say like, oh who who were next week Montrose what have they done today oh they've won five now okay um, I'm not going to get carried away I don't I don't go up to Montrose expecting to win um, partly just because. You know, we're still bottom of the league. Um, maybe one, to use Mike's phrase, maybe one swallow doesn't make a summer. Uh, Montrose, great victory today. They're still in the top four. That is a tough place to go. I would take a point right now and I'd be happy about it. Um, I'm on the fence between something like a 1-1 and a 2-1 defeat, but I'll be optimistic and I'll go 1-1. So I ask you not to get carried away and you just completely disregard my advice, but no worries, Gordon. My, 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 my crazy 1-1 one, one prediction yeah. that you've gone too yeah. far there. Yeah. That... <laughs> James? Um, I'm kind of biting my tongue trying not to say a sort of two-all draw or something because evidently both Montrose today putting five goals away, they've got goals in them all day long um, and we concede goals. Um I think, like Gordon, I would happily take a draw next week. If nothing more, just to keep that momentum of not losing, just getting a solid foundation of keeping the confidence going. I also think off the back of this result, I, I think we could cheekily go up there and potentially just come away with a 2-1 or something. But I think the reality is a draw is probably the best result to go over there. I'm going to be the bearer of the bad news. Um, <laughs> I can't see us because we're away from home and because of how good um aside I think Montrose are I really don't see a, a positive result. The reason I say that I can't remember the last time we got anything at Lynx Park and I'm delaying here because I'm kind of trying to look at the last times that we've played up there. Um, so we've played there in March last year and got a 3-0 pump in just after the lockdown. And then before that, back in the 14th of September, uh, 2019 was the last time that we beat them away. We beat them 3-1. So, I mean, it's, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. I just can't see it next week. I hope I'm wrong. I'm going to go for 3-1 Montrose. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think that's like too... Like too down, too pessimistic. I think I, you know, I'm kind of on that borderline between oh, we're going to get beat, you know, or we're going to sneak a draw. I kind of want to be a bit optimistic, but you know, it's like, am I, am I going to bet my life that we're not going to get beat? Probably not. But I think it's one of these yes. things where it, you know, if we go up there I and mean, it's a good performance and we get beat, it's like right, that's fine, that's fine. You know, we're not we're not back to where we were. You know, you just you just get over that, and you, who have we got after Montrose actually? Mountain Queens Park, 
Home to Dumbarton. Barton, well, then Queen's Park. Home to Dumbarton? Yeah. yeah. That's not That's, that's, a, win- not that's a winnable game. Yeah, yeah. Looking at that one, so, you know, if, if we go away to Montrose and we, uh, you know, I take a point, be happy with a point, but if we go there and we play well, we give them a game and we get beat, fine. Dumbarton's the big game. You know, if we, yeah. if we want to be aiming for a win against Dumbarton two weeks' time. At home, I fancy us against anyone. I genuinely do, right? If we win our home games, then we'll stay up. It's as simple as that. Yeah. If we win our home games, we survive. I think we're a better team than Clyde. I really yeah. do think we're a better team than Clyde. Me too. That will start to tell over the course of the season. If we keep Wallace fit, if we keep Connell fit, if we keep Chris Higgins and Steele, if we keep our, our, our core of our team fit, I think that we could potentially finish ninth. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to live in the real world. I think that given our point deficit, it will be difficult to really get, you know, eighth, eighth at a push. Um, anywhere above that would be an incredible turnaround, given so, where we are. So I think if you take us out of it, Clyde to me are the worst team in the league, hands down. Yeah. And I think. You know, your, your first, your, from the position we're in, your first goal is to make sure you finish above Clyde. Absolutely. Um, beyond that, you're looking at, well, you know, there's clubs like Peterhead, Aloha, maybe Dumbarton, you know. Um, they might be tougher to catch, but, you, you know, you make sure you finish ahead of Clyde and then, uh, you know, and then you look at those clubs and hope that you can, you can catch up one of them. They're a bit further ahead, but... I think it's doable. You know, there's a long way to go. We've got, what, 20, 26 games to go? Yeah. There's def- definitely, you know, we're not down and out by any stretch of imagination. Look, we're four points um, off the eight, ninth and eighth and five points off seventh place. So there's a lot of football to be played. However, if we play like we have played in the last two league games, Falkirk and Cove, we stay up. I'm, I'm yeah. really confident yes. of that. Agreed. Just, just need to make sure that we keep that momentum up. So, wrapping up the show, boys. You know, it's it's been a really good one. I've thoroughly enjoyed having something positive to talk about. Great to have Ryan Wallace back. Great to have Kyle Connell back. The only thing that I wanted to touch on before we left, talking about today's game because I realised I wrote it down and not spoke about it, was the substitutions today. Before we go. That they were a bit late. We didn't. We weren't very active. Yeah, I mean, I because I noticed right that Cove, because you can make five subs across three windows, and I noticed yeah. Cove had used three subs across three windows quite early, and part of me was like, well, you know, they've played all their cards. Let's just get. We've got. You know, we've got a strong bench probably for the first time in ages. You know, can we just? Can we just make a, make a couple of changes right now? Get some fresh legs on. Just nail this three points down. Now, we didn't do it. It didn't bite us in the arse. So can he complain too much? But I've got to say, I thought we should have been a bit out there a bit earlier. Definitely. And the other That's, thing I, want, I wanted to say as well was Mitch Mengenson wasn't in the back today. Yeah, yeah. Wait, hold on. Yeah, he was. It, it was. I thought no. He, he was in the pack. I'm just having a look at like a live score here. I was. I'm sure I seen Megan sitting in the pack, but for some reason, live score had done that he was playing centre and a half. So good old live score. <laughs> um, 
I was looking at our bench, right? Which is what brought me on to that. I'm so glad, and I'm sorry if you listen, Andrew. I'm so glad that I say Abonsu didn't get on the pack today because really, to me personally, he's not shown us anything apart from his little flip-flap in the game against Peterhead that is of good enough quality for this league. We then bring on Sean Brown over Kev Smith, who's sitting on the bench. Kev Smith, who I think is the perfect substitution to make yeah. when Kyle Connell and Ryan are gassing. I would have taken, you know, take Kyle and Wallace off, put Semple and Smith on, and yeah. and I won her. Why yeah. not? Yeah, you, you've got nothing to lose. Smith is the perfect player. Just hold the ball up, draw the foul in, you know, just be the experienced professional he is. Kind of made me think, you know, why didn't we make that? Unless Kev's carrying a knock or, or whatever, maybe just wanted to give him a rest because he's played a lot of football and he's, he's pushing mm. on a bit as our Kev. So um, there's maybe a, 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 a reason that it's, it was that sub. Obviously, Ross Dunlop goes off injured. Can't be helped. Can't be helped. Um, it looks like he got a pretty bad one left the stadium on crutches. So, but again, you know, we signed Dan Higgins and obviously he gets sent off against Clyde and he's barely kicked the ball for a sense. So, it would be good to see because I thought again I thought he was excellent when he came on today and he, he won a lot of stuff in the air and, and looked really calm and composed I think that obviously to come back again I probably wouldn't have brought on Sean Brown or Jamie Semple I probably would have taken off Ryan or Kyle and put Kev up top on his own I probably would have brought on somebody like Danny Denham Um just somebody that could maybe give us a little bit of extra width, a little bit of extra legs um, going into the end of the game, just to try and... I would maybe have just gone one up top and went 4-5-1, and just because I thought that they were just coming more and more into the game. I thought that Vigors was getting on the ball a lot and regularly, and if we had just that extra body in midfield and that extra body at the back we might have been able to nullify that threat a little more. Aye, because there, there was a point where, actually, you know, not like we were under sustained pressure, but it was at 4-2, 20 minutes to go, and you kind of thought to yourself, you know, if they score with 10 minutes to go, it is like fucking panic stations here. So, uh, although we're, look, you know, we're coming back and we know we won, and we know it was a bit comfortable in the end and it's all fine, there was a period in that game with 15, 10 minutes to go when I'm like, I'm shiting myself here. If they get a goal, um, and and I, I I agree all the all the subs you all the suggestions you're making, I would have been happy. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, bring Denim on, maybe go one up front, do this, do that, and the fact that we kind of dragged our heels over it, I was a wee bit concerned about. I mean, it, it worked out, so we won. It's fine. I but mean, I'm the same. I breathed a massive sigh of relief because I, I kept looking at Paul Hartley communicating with his bench and thought, oh, he's going to make a change. But thank fuck he brought Ola Dadiyama on because he is absolutely horseshit. <laughs> like, so, so bad. I mean, and I was like, that's your throw the dice. Crack on, pal. <laughs> Didn't worry. <laughs> there's a few, there's a few cars a few streets over that, you know, got threatened yeah. with some broken windshields. But apart from that, nah. Lightning McQueen's parked in, in Dubbyside shaking like a shed dog because <laughs> he knows his windows are going to get panned in because Adi Yemo's just come on. He has got to be 
one of the worst players I've seen in his five shirt. And I and I, I think I touched on it a few weeks ago after he signed for Cove. I remember it was like series Arabs had tagged us in like oh all I had is signed on loan from Dundee United for East Fife. Be excited, Fife fans. And I thought, oh Christ, we're getting a player. And then literally all you could hear was <laughs> he was absolutely did he, did, he, did he go and was it was it after Watford. so he went to Watford. So he was at Dundee United, he came on loan to us, and then then he got signed by Watford, who were like in the Premier League at the time. Yeah. And you were like, what the fuck is that? How have you signed him? I know that we've gone over the, the plan that I was parting today, but I actually had this thought at the game today on Ole Adiemo, right? Does he have the best agent in world football? Or does Eric Chupo Moting have the best agent in world football? And I think it would be a close call between the two of them because Eric Chupo Moting went from Stoke to PSG oh. and then, P- then PSG to Bayern Munich. And he's awful. I'm like, how have you done that? Must have a good agent. Oh, I then, wondered if all that ADM maybe had compromising pictures of like, you know, a series of chairman of relatively big football clubs. <laughs> There's maybe a like a behind the scenes pedo ring and all the all the Adamo <laughs> is basically Steve Arnott in disguise <laughs> and he's infiltrated them all and he's using this to advance his football career. He couldn't be an AC twelve and <laughs> do that. Ah. But anyway, he's moving his career forward based on the, the fact of um, the fact he's got these dodgy pictures. Who knows? But he's got to be up there with having an incredible agent. And yeah. Speaking of agents, we th- and I'd obviously say for Wraith, that was the word that Hamilton had gone. The reason the deal fell through is because Wraith couldn't agree an agent's fee for Jack Hamilton as an agent to go down to the championship. Good. Now, wow. pleasing as these five fans, but if you're Jack, you're bound to be a little bit like, why is my agent cutting me out the chance to go and play regular football? And at that level, do you need an agent? I know. Uh, what fear are we talking about, eh? An agent's yeah, fee yeah. to agree a loan deal. Yeah. It seems bizarre. I've Wraith tried to chance their arm here to think they can get away with not paying it and they would still get them, or I, I don't Could know. Be. Yeah. Because so... they've, they've, told, they've told the agent, we're not paying cash, but we'll arrange a Coldplay concert. And give <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, and they'll all be left feeling yellow because it'll <laughs> never happen. Honestly, that that I remember that rumor going to be at school that oh, Coldplay are going to play a gig at Star Park. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I believe that when uh, when Jack Vetriano paints a picture in Newby View, um, never going to happen, lads. But look, like I say, we will wrap the show up there. It's been great fun. I've really enjoyed it. Any final words for you, gents? No, not really. It's just a really nice feeling to, to be at a game and see East Fife win. Pleasing. Yeah. Pleasing indeed. James? Yeah, I'd just echo that. I mean, really, you could tell the atmosphere today. It's the first time in a wee while that it's been really so positive and really good to be at Bayview and um, really good to hear people getting behind the team really positively. So, yeah, um, a really good day. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Huge shout out to the Section A boys as well. Um, I think the wee lad Jaden had his drum beat it for 90 minutes. Loving to hear the fans rattling on the walls at the back of the stadium. I, I, I love to hear that. 
And yeah. if you do listen to the show, boys, keep doing it. Bayview is an absolute cemetery of a football ground. So fair play to you guys for trying to bring a bit of atmosphere to the game. But that's all from us at Glory Days of Gold. Thanks to James and thanks to Gordon for coming to the show. Thanks to our sponsors, the East Five Community Football Club and uh, John W. Gilbertson Solicitors. And until next week, thanks very much. Take care. And more importantly, we won. Moon the Fife. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.